Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I'm going to try to finish what I started this morning and I entitled it How to Be Somebody That You're No Longer a Nobody, Not Just Anybody, But How to Be Somebody. And of course, talked about how Jesus is who he was, was challenged by the devil. Immediately, the Bible says, he was put in the wilderness with wild beasts to be bombarded with the questions of who are you? Who do you think you are? Who are your friends? What makes you think you're special? What authority do you have? What power? And if you read the Gospels, it wasn't just this one time by the devil, but everybody ch chimed in on it. You know, by what authority are you doing this? By what power are you doing this to challenge who he was? Are you really somebody we need to listen to? Are you really somebody that I need to pay attention to? Are you really somebody or are you just a nobody? Are you anybody that I should know? And you know how the stories have gone and individuals have gone incognito and out and the prince that dresses up like a pauper and goes on the streets and people treat him with disdain and then they find out how wrong they've been. They were talking about somebody. And of course told the story of the lady that pressed her way through and the Lord said, who touched me? And I, 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 I know you all figured this out because this is a mature, word-oriented church, but for those of you who may not have gotten on board with all the nuances of what I was saying, let me break it down to you on this slide. And that is that if you're going to come to God, if you really want to be somebody, you're going to have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. I don't care whether you become a celebrity in this world or a hero in this world, you will never be somebody until you are able to have the Lord himself say, well done. Amen. He knows me by name. Yes. He knows who I am. He knows how many hair I have on my head. That's when I know I've arrived. Oh, I know. An organization may know me. I may rise. I, a, a church may know me. A community may know me. A town may know me. But that's nothing compared to when he knows my name. And you have to have faith. You have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And then you have to start talking to yourself. That's what this slide is all about. This woman said within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. If you really want to be somebody, sometimes you're going to have to talk to yourself a little bit. Amen. You know? And I know you say, well, that means you're crazy. No, you're not crazy if you talk to yourself. You're crazy when you answer yourself. <laughs> Carry on the whole dialogue. The Bible has numerous places where David encouraged himself in the Lord. Individuals have had to self-talk, whatever you want to call it, when you say, Lord, I know if I can get into your presence, you are able. I know what you can do. I don't know if you will do it, but I know what you can do. What are you doing? I'm talking to myself in this moment. Now you may say, well, uh, you know, 
you want the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to talk to yourself. You're going to have to say, Lord, I know if I come, raise my hands. You said it's a gift. I want it. I believe. Amen. I believe you're going to give it to me. Yes. Huh? You say, well, if he wants me to have it, he, that, you can't, that, you'll never be somebody. I mean, this woman could have sat on the sidelines and said, well, if the Lord, the Lord, I'm sure he knows that I've got an issue of blood and he's, you know, if he wants to heal. No, she said, I know if I can do something, I, I'll press my way through. Not only did she say something to herself, but then she actually did something about it. She began to move. I don't know how long. The Bible doesn't say how long she stood outside waiting on it. The Bible doesn't say whether she followed him, how far she had been, how long she had been there. We don't know. But what we do know is that she saw him and pressed her way through the crowd and reached the hem of his garment and that ribbon of blue. And I, I understand that. Putting forth a little effort. You know, I... I you can come to an apostolic church service. You can come to any kind of service. And you can just say, well, <clears throat> you know, Lord, if you want me to praise you, if you want to touch me, go ahead. I'm okay. Just do, what, do your thing, Lord. You will not be somebody until you are willing to put forth some effort. Amen. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the fan that, Screams and yells from the first moment, the first bell rings till the last moment. Says, man, what a fantastic game. The guy that was there in the, you know, in the tunnel, and he's not even paying attention to it. He goes, it's another job, whatever. It's putting your forth an effort. And then you have to ignore what others are saying and doing. Reach out and touch him. Then you start confessing with your mouth. That's what she did. She started saying, let me tell you who I was. Let me tell you about me. Let me tell you what God's done for me. I was immediately healed. You say, well, are you sure it's just not a fluke? That, you know, when you get home, is it going to start up again? Oh, no. I... She had a testimony. Amen. She had been through it. She immediately said what, what God had done. And then the powerful part of that was he called her daughter. Daughter, you're a child. You're now part of the family. And then he said, I'm going to go. And if you read the verse, he said, uh, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Aren't you thankful that the Lord has a comforter? When he puts you part of the family, the comforter, which is the Anyway, that's what it means to be somebody. Now, once you have been born again, once you become a child of God, once you, he calls you daughter or son, you're never again going to be tempted by the devil about who you are. Whose family you're in. If there's anything to this. Huh? I'm sorry. If the Lord was, if the Lord went through temptation immediately after being called beloved, this is my beloved son. Do you think we're going to be able to go through life without the devil constantly bombarding you, saying, "I don't know if you can believe that. I don't know Who, what authority do you have? What power do you have? You don't have any power." Well, that is. That's when you have to be, the Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. So how did Jesus confront temptation? We read it this morning. 
He was saying it is written. He used the word of God. The end of his ministry. He was facing the biggest test he had ever faced. And how did he face that temptation? Found some people. Said, can't we go with me? To, and let's pray. If you want to, if you're going through it and the devil's bombarding you about who you are and who your family is and what your purpose is in life and I just don't feel like I'm worthy and I don't feel like I'm anybody and nobody knows me and my life hasn't gone. Find the word of God. Start reading it. Find you somebody that'll pray with you. Say, can you not watch with me? I mean, Jesus tried to get his disciples when he was facing the most severe problem he was going to face. And he came and he found them sleeping. You remember? <laughs> and yet what did he say to them? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the my flesh gets weak sometimes. And I I forget who I am. I forget what family I'm a part of. I forget, you know, what power and authority I have. That's why Simon Peter would say, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care on him for he cares for you. Why? Why would you say that, Simon? How can you do it? Because I know who my dad is. I know what family I'm a part of. I'm sorry. I know that cancer, whatever it is, you think you're just attacking me. You don't realize I'm a child of the king. You're messing with the wrong individual. That You're not going to take me out of here one second before the Lord says it is finished. I serve the God of the universe. And so he said, cast all your care on him. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil. It's like a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist, resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, which has called us into his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after you've suffered a while, shall make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. I'm going through it. I don't know what to, oh, I don't know why. I don't know why God's letting me, I don't know why. Lord, I know I'm a child of the king. If you've allowed this, then you're going to perfect something in me. You're going to establish something in me. You're going to strengthen something in me. I don't know if it's something I've done. I'm, I'm humbling myself under the mighty hand of God. I'm saying, Lord, forgive me if I need to change something. I'm willing. But you know what? I know in whom I have believed, and I know he is able to keep that which I've committed. Amen. You, you read Timothy. Paul told Timothy, remember the second chapter, we all like to quote it. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, sound mind. The third chapter of Timothy, he says, know this, the last days perilous times shall come. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus 
shall suffer persecution. That's an encouraging word. So the idea is don't live godly. Oh no. <laughs> the idea is I'm going through it because he's going to use it to do something in me or in somebody else. He said, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things that you've learned and has been assured and knowing who you learned them from. That from a child you have known, which is able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. That's why he would say, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now I know this is a lot of verses, but let, let me show you and I, I could spend a long time and I, I don't want to overwhelm you but here's the way Paul described it in Galatians he talked about it in Galatians and in Romans and then he talked about it in Corinthians and I'm going to end on what he said in Corinthians I think because that's, that's where we are but I, I, and I probably shouldn't overwhelm you with all these verses, but just write these down and read them sometime. Galatians, the third chapter, starting at the 26th verse. He said, for all the children of God, uh, you are all children of God, how? By faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized in Christ. Now that's an important phrase. In Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither what? He doesn't matter your ethnicity. I know we got a whole world that's super sensitive, and I get it. I'm, I don't want anybody to be mistreated. But in God's eyes, Jew or Greek, doesn't matter. Bond or free. Your social status doesn't matter. Whether you're slave or whether you're free. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor. Whether you're male or whether you're female. Doesn't matter to God. For you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ... Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, he keeps writing, and there weren't letters, there weren't chapters in the original. The fourth chapter in Galatians, he said, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them. Everybody say, redeem them. That were under the law, that we might receive the 
Adoption of sons. The Lord wants to call you daughter, son, child, bride. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son, where? Into our hearts. Crying, Abba, Father. Paul discusses the same concept to the Romans. When he says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. Now, yeah, I know you say, well, I am in the flesh. I hurt in the flesh. My pain's in the flesh. My problems are in the flesh. But he said, if the spirit, if that so be that the spirit of God dwells in you, you are not in the flesh. Now, what did he mean by that? Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Take a pause. When you are being tested and tried about who you are or whose you are or what power or authority you have, go back and read Galatians and Romans and Corinthians and say, I've got to get this grasshopper mentality out of my mind because I know I have been born again of the water and of the spirit. Christ dwells in me, not in my flesh. In my flesh, there's no good thing, but I have had a DNA change. Now, the reason I read that, that's so powerful to me, is because 89 times in the Old Testament, God would use the phrase that God is with us. God is with us. Just 89 times. You can look them up. You can study them. One, uh, one of my favorites, when Elisha is, is getting bombarded and they, they've come out and his servant looks and there they are. All the enemy is around. And the servant comes in and says, the enemy is around us. And remember what Elisha said? Oh God, open his eyes so that he can see there is more that are with us. <laughs> but the doctor has said, but there is a chief doctor who is with me. <laughs> okay, so what do you say? When you realize that in this moment, what was, what was it? And, and I could preach a whole sermon about it. What was it that they called Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. That's a powerful statement. God with us. And yet Paul knocked it out of the park and said it's not just God with you. It's God in you. If you get a hold of the Holy Ghost 
let the Holy Ghost flow. It's not just God walking with us, but it's God walking in us. Now, I know y'all may not have ever heard of Carl Sagan. For those of you who haven't heard of Carl Sagan, I'm sorry. He was not a, a Christian preacher. I don't know what his status was Christian. But he wrote a statement. And, and you can buy it on t-shirts, the last part of it. You can probably buy all of it on. But, but he made this statement. He said, the nitrogen in our DNA, the calcium in our teeth, the iron in our blood, and the carbon in our apple pies were made of the interiors of collapsing stars. And then the little phrase that followed that was, we are star stuff. I'm not advocating going out and buying a Carl Sagan, we are star stuff shirt. But as the church, we need to get a hold of this concept. And that's what Paul was trying to say. You're not a nobody. You're not just anybody. If God is in you, you have made of star stuff. I know Carl Sagan was saying everybody is, but some of you are made of star dust. <laughs> you don't have the Lord, you're just made of stardust, maybe. That would be better. But those of us who have put in Christ in us, oh, yes. let me read it to you, because and it's a lengthy passage, and I'm done, and I know they're having a get-together for the Hueys, and we love them, we're going to miss them, we're going to pray for them here at the end. They're going to have their family come up. And I know we read it at funerals, and I'm... I will read parts of this tomorrow at the funeral of Sister Anna Day. I will say it. I've said it 150 times or more this, since I've been here at funerals. You remember? 1 Corinthians 15th chapter. We like it for funerals, but we haven't sometimes read it closely enough. Let, let's read it closely. He says, For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. It's not Christ raised, for if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and you're yet in your sins. Those that are fallen asleep are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead, become the firstfruits of those that sleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so as in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end when he hath delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, and he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet, and the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. All flesh is not the same, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beast and fish and birds. There are celestial bodies, and terrestrial bodies, heavenly bodies, earthly bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, 
and the glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, but it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, but it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural and after that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, so are they also that are earthy. As is the heavenly, so also are they that are heavenly. <laughs> we have borne the image of the earthy. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say unto you, that <laughs> the kingdom of God... <laughs> Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. But I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruption have put on incorruption and the mortal have put on immortality shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, you know that your labor is not in vain. What are you saying? There's the first man is earth, came from the earth and is earthy. The second man came from the heavenly. When I am born again of the water and the spirit, all of a sudden my DNA takes on star stuff. You want to know who I am? I want to tell you who I am. I, I may be struggling with my body broken. That's earthy. But you haven't seen who I am in the spirit. Man. One of these days we're going to shine as lights. We're going to leave here the dead and cry. We're going to go up like light, bright lights back 
into the heavens, then we which are alive and remain are going to shoot up like lights out of the heaven. What are you saying? Because this world is not my home. You don't understand. Oh, you say, well, Pastor, I, I really want to be somebody. Let me tell you how to be somebody. You wait till the light show takes place. Huh? And the Lord says, Angel, step aside. I got some heavenly bodies that have gone through some earthly trials. But no matter what they've been through, they've kept praising. They kept believing. They kept holding on. They kept by faith. What are you talking about? By faith, I, I, I don't know how. I don't know, well, King. We don't know what's going to happen. But one thing we do know is that God is able. We're serving a God that is able. We're serving a God that is able. What do you know? My labor is what, what's, the, what's the use? What's the use of praying? What's the use of fasting? What's the use of, of worshiping? And when you don't feel like it, what's the use of coming to the house? Let me tell you, my labor is not in vain. I'm steadfast, unmovable. Why? Because I know in whom I believe and I know what he is capable of. Let's stand. Hallelujah.